0: That's what we. That's what we want. Uh, by the way, if you ever get asked to do our corporate prayer here, that's what we want. We want to overhear your conversation with God. We don't want prepared, religious things. We want to. We want uh, an insight into the way, into how you kind of communicate that way. It helps us. Uh, we want real. We want authentic. We want genuine, and we just appreciate the people who are vulnerable enough to pray in public like that us and with us thanks Katrina all right my name's Danny I'm one of the pastors here welcome to CCW good to have you here with us this morning we are continuing through our wise series from Proverbs and we've done uh, wise with money wise with sex wise with family wise with work wise with words and this week we're doing wise with correction with rebuke with feedback Let's start with this proverb. Proverbs three eleven to twelve. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects a children, in whom He delights. So you note what God's doing here: He's correcting, He's disciplining. Who's He correcting? Only the ones that He loves. Uh, who's outside of that boundary? So who does, who does God discipline and correct? Who does God offer his correction to? Every single person who draws breath here. And let me say this, God is awesome at giving feedback, at correcting, at, at disciplining, at rebuking. Uh, some of the people in your life that offer you correction aren't so fantastic. at. Uh, God is brilliant at that. He's perfect, actually. He gives correction that's perfect. His discipline is all love, always. Because in any attempt at uh, giving correction or discipline or rebuke, there's two parties involved. There's the giver, the one who's offering the correction, and then there's the receiver, the one who's potentially receiving that. So we just need to note, when God corrects, the giver, if you like, is giving perfectly. Now, does that mean the correction is always effective? no otherwise we'd all be perfect right so why isn't the correction always effective and god gives it because we as the receivers choose whether we're going to take that on board or not are we going to believe that are we going to we're going to trust that god's right that way are we going to obey that um, correction are we going to receive that or not in fact the receiver in this interchange of the giver of correction and the receiver of correction the receiver has all of the power in the end in this process it's the receiver who's in charge because as receiver we decide what we'll let in what sense we make of it whether and how we choose to change which is why I'm not perfect yet and you're not perfect yet because although God offers this love poured into our hearts over and over again we we only we only become the people that God wants us to be in as much as we accept and receive what God has for us in this space. This is interesting because, now I've been to a few uh, training sessions on feedback and, and discipline and correction and rebuke, and how do you have those hard, tough conversations? You know, how do you, how do you tell someone they're not doing the right thing? Especially if you've got responsibility for them, like your children or your employees or... Um, that sort of thing how do you how do you do that and nearly all of the training that i've done in those spaces and you may have done the same thing is focused on what so you go to a, a seminar on on feedback on correction on discipline that sort of thing what's the training focused on who's the fo- uh, the training focused at it's focused on the giver this is how you can give better feedback this, this is how you can be wiser in in giving better feedback and, and really what we're taught to do in those spaces is look don't just go hard and fast at someone don't just go bang and say horrible things you know you want to put it in the context of their whole work and, and you've you got to understand them and you've got to listen from, to their perspective on that and you need to kind of bring some uh, understanding and, and kindness and gentleness and give them time to process that um, stuff and so you, you, you learn how to be an excellent giver of uh, feedback Basically, you learn to be a little bit more like Jesus in the way that you um, kind of tell the truth, truth in love, that way. And it's of some, the people who study this stuff, it is of some effectiveness in causing feedback and correction to be effective. Um, but what they've found, um, this lady, uh, Sheila Heen, her name is, she. she's a uh, very wise researcher and she's studied this whole area of is this effective she says after about a decade of training people to give feedback they just went this is not really working in any exchange in in kind of correction there's the giver and the receiver maybe we should work on the other end of that coin teach people how to receive feedback and their results went and I thought they didn't have to take 10 years. They could have just read Proverbs. She's a Christian, uh, Sheila, so I don't mean that to be disparaging to her, but um, here's the reality. See, if, if God's running a... a He's a wise seminar run by God on correction and discipline. So if you went to that, you would... Uh, hear this, this is on giving correction, this is God in Proverbs on giving correction He's a, this is about half of all the Proverbs on giving correction discipline your children while there is hope <laughs> otherwise you'll ruin their lives a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness but physical discipline will drive it far away don't fail to discipline your children the rod of punishment won't kill them Physical discipline may well save them from death. Words alone will not discipline a servant. The words may be understood, but they are not heeded. All right? This is about this is what we get from God in Proverbs. This is wisdom about giving discipline and gi- giving correction. What's God saying here? Um, you've got responsibility to provide discipline, so do it. Don't fail to correct. There's nothing in here about this is how you should do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just make sure you're faithful in, in providing this discipline and this correction. There's a lot uh, for us in that. We're not going to focus on that today. But, you know, if you're responsible for someone, then you must, you must, you must provide discipline and correction. And we all should do that more. That is, we should understand what that means. And and there's a... There's a uh, there's a definite message to our heart from Proverbs about if you're a parent, then provide good boundaries for your children and do it more often than you think you need to and do it and do it more proactively than you think you need to and do it more consistently than you think you need to. You know, let, let, let's do that. God says, if you're responsible, then do it. So that's, a, that's the first kind of, here's a seminar that God's running on correction. That's, that's part one. It takes about five minutes. Um, here's the rest of it. Uh, first to the young people. My son, obey your father's command and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they'll protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. And this, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. So That's for all of our young people now the rest of us people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life but those who ignore correction will go astray to learn you must love discipline it is stupid to hate correction if you ignore criticism you'll end in poverty and disgrace if you accept uh, correction you will be honored Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. That's about half of the proverbs that I could put up on this area of what? Receiving correction. On receiving it. On accepting Discipline. Who's that aimed at? The receiver. This is wisdom for correction and rebuke. Get better at receiving correction. You have the power to learn wisdom. I have the power to learn wisdom. We drive our own learning depending on how open we are to correction. Wise people welcome correction. Wise people welcome correction. Here's this Proverbs 17:10. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. That's on the next slide. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. Because we drive our own learning in our willingness to accept correction. Now, to our young people here, are all parents holy Are they always right? Is their discipline always just? Is their correction always wise? I mean, do any of these proverbs say, Your parents are always right? No. It says, Listen, pay attention, accept the discipline, learn good judgment, become a person who welcomes wise correction. Even when it comes from broken people, our parents aren't always right or always fair or always understanding. Um, I am a parent, I know that's true. And the corrective feedback that comes to us from other people is not always packaged helpfully. I don't know if you're like me, but in my life, the givers of feedback that's corrective aren't always awesome at that. In fact, sometimes they're fairly terrible at it. Many of the people who give me corrective feedback haven't gone to "This this is how to do feedback in godly ways course, um, or if, or if they have, they're not bringing that training to bear in that particular uh, situation. Hmm. Why don't we welcome correction? Why don't why don't we, why don't we welcome correction? This re- researcher I was talking about before, Sheila she studied responses to feedback over the last few decades and she's identified three triggers in our response to correction that cause us to reject it. Almost all the reasons we reject correction are because one or more of these triggers is activated. Let me take you through them. Uh, the first one is truth. That is, there's a trigger on truth. We get feedback, as corrective. Someone says, you should be, you're not doing something right, you should be doing something differently and this trigger is tripped. I don't think that information is accurate that is that's not that's untrue that's just simply untrue and so if that gets triggered for us we just we reject the feedback um now uh, let me just push into this a little bit because as soon as as soon as you get potential wisdom and love from god in correction even if it's from someone who's yelling at you and and it's, and it's delivered poorly if you think that's untrue and you just stop, then you're missing something that God might have for you because the people around you can see things about you that you can't see. That's, this is like, if you've, if you've ever heard yourself, if you ever um, watched yourself or heard yourself give a talk, like listen to yourself. You've done a talk, it's been recorded and you've had to hear yourself again. Okay, just, just let out the sound of that experience. Um, Um, that's what everybody else sees all the time all the time right people around us have information about us that we don't see you don't know what you look like when you're angry you don't know how you how you're communicating in fact most of us if we actually found out how we were perceived and seen by others we'd be like oh that's not who i am Uh, but yeah it is actually so there is information around us about us that we can't know even though you've been with yourself your whole life if you haven't then we've got another room for you we, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you think that's not true a lot of it probably isn't true but some of it probably is so i would say this ask another question find out what they mean because you're hearing what you think they said more likely what you fear they said and you're not hearing what they mean so just lean into that when your truth triggers tripped. ask another question what did you mean that'll that'll have a couple of um benefits for you one one you'll hear what they mean um really what they mean and two because you're actually listening they're going to repackage that information in in a fairer way (laughs) because they know you're listening okay so if your truth triggers tripped, that's not true just don't recoil, don't reject it, just find out what they mean. They'll help you to be wise. You might still discard it. You might go, oh, I what you meant. It's still not true. Uh, but you won't know unless you find out. The second trigger that stops us is the bigger one. This is the relationship trigger. Who's giving the feedback? All correction lies in the relationship between the giver and the receiver, and we often have a bigger reaction to the who than the what. This is why your best friend can tell you something that other people can't because, because your relationship trigger doesn't get triggered as quickly because you've given them more space to be able to talk to you that way. Um, yeah. So when your relationship trigger trips, who are they to say that to me? When we get told off or corrected or rebuked by someone, so their instinct is to discredit the deliverer. What would they know? How dare they? And look at their life. How can they even uh, say that? You know, those kind of uh, things that we think. Um, Just remember this. Um, God used a donkey to speak to Balaam. Remember Balaam? He was doing the wrong thing. God had to bring a corrective word into Balaam's life. And so he just made his donkey talk. So when I hear something from someone and I don't have very much respect for them or I think they wouldn't know or I think how dare they or I think they just don't like me or they've never liked me or they don't understand or anything like that and this corrective word kind of comes to me through that avenue even if they're kind of emotionally charged or whatever I just think this God spoke to Balaam through a donkey Right So you don't you don't need to you don't need to to have uh, you don't need to go, oh, that person is just wise in all of their doings that way. You just need to go, okay, God, I don't need to say, yep, I don't need to consider myself less. It's not like they're better than me. I'm, this is not a value thing here. I don't have to say, oh, yeah, they're so right and I'm so bad and I'm so wrong. Or just, there might be something in this that's corrective. There's love from God to me. There might be information here that's important that I need to hear. I've got to be wise with correction. So if you can go, okay, all right, I recognize this. They're angry, they don't like me, they've never liked me actually. And, and so I sort of wade through all of that and I go, what are they actually saying? And is this something that I, that I need to receive here, that I need to understand? See, wise people welcome correction. Like all the time. The third trigger that this lady identified, Sheila identified, is the identity trigger. This is the story you tell yourself about who you are and how much weight you give to the opinions of others. Um, And she says in their research, they found that um, people's sensitivity to correction varied by 3,000%, that is. How upset I get when I get corrected and how long it takes me to get over it varied by about 3,000%. Right, So, on the one end here, you've got the very, very sensitive people. I don't know if that's you, where you just go, I hate hearing negatives about me. I hate being corrected. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And it takes me ages to get over it. Don't put your hand up, but that, you know. Some of us are in that space. All the way over here, to the people who go, um, it just... These are, you know, to the insensitive edge of things, where you just go, I don't care. Now, I apologise for calling you insensitive, although if you're on this end of the spectrum, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is because our our identity is, and this is for a whole bunch of reasons. Some of it is, some of it is just personality. Some of us are more driven by approval than... And others are more driven by performance you know um, uh, some of us have have been uh, always approved of by our parents and so we have a very robust kind of sense of who we are here and some of us have fought for that kind of approval from little kids and so we're let's say anyway we have this variation in how long it takes us to process corrective feedback and we've got to recognize this it's not a it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's just a thing um and, and when, when our identity trigger gets tripped, oh, this is saying something about me. This is saying something about me, my identity, who I am that way. When we feel that, it takes a while to kind of calm down. You can't, you can't process learning when you're feeling threatened at that level. And we need to understand that and you need to understand how that works for you because uh, many of us in that, you know, you hear something that's hard. Oh, that's a correction into my... And you think, oh, this is about me, this is terrible, and how could they say that, and I can't believe they said that. And and so, in this place, we do a couple of dumb things. Um, One, we we go to not just our trusted friends, but to everyone. And they're in trouble, because after we've processed it, and thought, maybe there's some corrective in here, now we've got a problem, because we've got to deal deal with all that um, as well. Um and the other thing is we just shut out the correction there's nothing in here for me it's too painful I can't do that Um, and God's just saying no wise people welcome correction Um, so in this space we're wise to go to someone who is for us who we trust where it's going to be contained but we can actually process it until we get over this identity kind of and we realise, you know what, this is not me, this is not about me who I am as a person, this is just correction into my um, system and I can process it now objectively and uh, with some help. Sometimes our identity is too fragile to even hear the correction. Um, One of my sons said, yeah, we don't like being wrong because if we're wrong it feels like we're less of a person. That's a good uh, way to say that. We're feeling fragile. We can't take any more knocks. We haven't got the reserve to process that correction. We can't even tell if it's true. Um, Yeah. So go to someone you trust. um, They'll help you see that the only feedback God has for you is love. That you're already completely accepted. You're already totally forgiven. You're already intensely valuable to God forever. And he just wants to bring love into your So if you are still hurting at an identity level from correction that's been given to you, either a word or deed or anything like that, if you are still in that process of, oh, I can't believe that happened and I'm still hurting, then I would recommend very, very strongly that you find someone to help you get out of that cycle so that you can process the love that God has for you in that space. And we have Christian counsellors here that operate out of this church and you can um, get to them through the office here. If you need to because you can't learn and grow if you stay there so let's just imagine that i got some feedback from someone that rattled me i hear something about me that upsets me what do i do i tell you what i do i do what you do i go to one of my supportive friends and i say i can't believe what pete said about me can you believe this can you believe sorry pete. pete's really kind to me so i'm just uh well, <laughs> yes yeah, right. <laughs> one of the pete's here yeah that's right Okay. So and, and I'll, so I'll go to my friend and I'll go, Oh, this person said this thing about me and this is terrible and I'm feeling that all these triggers. Ah, this is horrible that way. Now, Pete's thinking, what's he thinking? One, oh, that was harsh. Two, he's thinking, you know, there might be some truth <laughs> in that. But because he's my friend in this moment, he's not going to go, yeah, well, they're right. Or if he is that kind of friend, I'm probably not going to pick him to go to, you know what I mean? So now's the time for Pete to go, oh, I totally agree with you, you know, that was harsh, that shouldn't, they they should not have done that, how do they say that, are they blind, are they missing all this other great stuff about who you are and and this is not about your identity and whatever, right? Uh, I would hope that that's what, in that phase when I'm getting over the uh, initial harshness of it all, that... Pete would do that. My friend would do that. Because in that acute phase, I can't learn. I'm too elevated. I'm not objective. Um, So, now once I'm over the initial reaction, I hope that Pete would say to me, Danny, do you think there's anything for you? Dominique said to me, let's be real, Danny. Who actually does that? (laughs) Who who takes their friends there? Um, Probably not many of us. Um, Yeah, why wouldn't we? I reckon it's because of this. Anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers. They'll only hate you. That's harsh. What's the the idea there that God's trying to communicate? If you know someone won't receive correction, don't go there. don't put your hand up and don't say this out loud but in the quietness of your soul think about this is my friend who in this area of their life will not hear correction so I just don't go there and then go and they're thinking that about me too (laughs) so you drive your own learning Maybe Pete won't say to me, Danny, is there something in this? Until I say to him, Pete, is there something in this for me? Because then he knows I'm going to be wise and I'm going to welcome correction. This um, verse goes on, but correct the wise and they will love you. There's a contrast. Correct a mocker, they will hate you. Correct the wise, they will love you. So, what's that about again? The receiver. The receiver of correction. Wise people, welcome correction. Remember this. Don't reject the Lord's discipline. Don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in him, He delights. So, do you have a heart that welcomes correction? I've got a challenge for you. Try this. Pick three people who you know best and ask them this. What is one thing I could do or stop doing that would add value to you? What is one thing that I could do or stop doing that would add value to you? Don't say, is there anything I could do, you know, to add value um, to you just assume that there's one thing in fact the reality is there's 10 things and when you ask them what's one thing i could do they're sorting through the list of oh, wow, quick what's the most important of these 10 things that i would love to be able to communicate to you that would add value to you in fact again this is my experience so i go to someone and i go what's the one thing I could do and then they go um, not because they're struggling to think of something but because they're trying to work out quick which is the most important thing to say now and then uh, I'll wake up in the morning there'll be an email with oh by the way I forgot to say (laughs) (laughs) so what's the one thing that I could do that would would, or stop doing that would add value to you Um, and if you ask that with a heart that welcomes correction not only will you surprise most of the people around you Um, But you'll hear, you'll hear life to you. You will hear the love of God to you. You will hear freedom coming to you. You will hear joy coming to you. It is a gift to you to be corrected. So I would challenge you and encourage you to do that. Just a little experiment. What's the one thing that I could do or stop doing that would add value to your life? And then listen. Um, Parents, ask your kids too. What's the one thing? Even if your kids are 50, just what's the one thing? Now, the best way to raise wise kids is not to teach them all the right things to do. That's good. The best way to raise wise kids is to model wisdom. Um, so be a parent who welcomes correction. You want your employees to listen to your feedback and change their behaviour? Well, you need to model wisdom. Be a boss who seeks feedback and welcomes correction. Let's cultivate hearts that welcome correction. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this um, truth that you give us from Proverbs. Thanks for this principle that you really kind of hammer through this whole book of wisdom, this collection of wise sayings in Proverbs. Thanks for this call to us to welcome correction, to be wise and to welcome correction. And I pray, God, that you would help us I pray that you would help us to have hearts that want to welcome correction. I pray that you would help us to have hearts that want our friends to welcome correction. And God, I pray that you build more and more and more into our community here, into our church family here and into our uh, families at home to this desire and this willingness uh, to listen to you this way and to learn you this way and to receive love from you this way. God, where we are open to your correction, we pray in Jesus' name.